0: What's going on, ATL fam? Nav here, and Twan and I just finished recording episode 39, which was a finals edition. It's crazy to think that we're in the finals right now. Feels like yesterday that we were doing our playoff predictions, and, you know, things just move so fast in the NBA. We always say it, so much is going on in the league. Um, We kind of just talk about what's next for the semifinalists who didn't advance to the finals, the Clippers and uh, the Hawks. We talk about um, you know our predictions for the upcoming matchup between Phoenix and Milwaukee. And then we sort of touch in real quick and just talk about the Raptors. And there's just, for once, some really good news in, in Raptor land with regards to us getting the number fourth pick in this year's NBA draft. So yeah, lots to unpack, lots to uncover. And like always, we hope you enjoy listening. Um, yeah, I'm going to tune out and uh, start watching the finals. Tip-off has already started. Take care. Welcome to episode 39 of Around the League Finals Edition and honestly I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth because it seems like yesterday we were dishing out our playoff predictions. The NBA has been a slugfest riddled with injuries and unlike the NBA as we've known it it's been super unpredictable. Uh, there's a lot to unpack tonight so before we dig in we must check in with our boy Tuan. What's up my man?
1: Hey man not much. It's, it's been a while you know I'm excited. I've I've been itching to talk to you about some of these these playoff games, everything that's been go, going on with the NBA lottery, all the news that's that's revolving around the NBA. So I'm I'm excited to get back at it, man. It's it's crazy that we're here. The finals are here. Seems like just yesterday that we were in the bubble, and now a full season, basically a 72 game season plus you know three uh, three rounds of playoff matches are are through and we got two teams that honestly, I don't think many people had um, at the beginning of the season. And even at the beginning
0: of the playoffs to, to be be in the finals. I think the only person that would have saw this coming was that guy that tweeted that (laughs) these two teams were going to game seven back in 2016. So uh, other than Nostradamus over there, I, I don't think anyone saw this coming, but you know, I was, as we've said time and time again, Um, this is huge for small market teams as much as the NBA as a business may not like it. Um, There's still some big names, you know, defending, defending themselves for a title and a lot of players that that I think a lot of people just admire, you know, I think people are starting to really um, start to uh, you know, they're starting to catch wind of Chris Paul's journey. Like, you know, a lot of social media accounts are talking about Chris Paul's journey and just, you know, he's come a long way and to see him, in the finals right now is crazy a guy like Giannis who has done so much for one organization and you know who is probably going to be there for the long haul the fact that he's in the finals um, it's good to see that
1: yeah it's 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 an, it's really nice to see some of these guys who have been I would say underappreciated or just even yeah just kind of under the radar a guy like Devin Booker who has been year in and year out just a machine but he just hasn't had that team hasn't had that veteran leadership around him to um, to make it to the playoffs and to make it this far which is, is, is unbelievable. And then guys like Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, guys, you know, second round picks, guys who, you know, have always played well, but just never, des- you know, got the recognition that you they probably deserved. And then we have Giannis, yeah, a very likable um, MVP guy that, you know, still is still, you know, criticized, every game for his free throw shootings for you know primer shot but a guy that you know you can really cheer for and rally behind. So um I as a neutral fan, as a Raptors fan, this is a great finals. This is a great finals. I don't I don't care to see the Lakers in the finals. I don't care to see the Celtics. I don't care like it would be nice to see Brooklyn um you know healthy and, and in the in the finals but you know my my constellation prize are the Bucks and I really like to see um, either Giannis or Chris Paul slash Devin Booker, um, raise that Larry will be in, you know, about two weeks.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're going to take a few steps back before we start talking about the finals, but I'm definitely excited to, uh, unpack this matchup between these two teams, because I mean, we'll get into it shortly, but there is a ton of overlap between these two teams in terms of their roster composition. There's some scary similarities in terms of their, uh, you know, their metrics, their defensive and offensive rating that we will talk about too. But, uh, you know, we can't we can't move on before acknowledging um, the semifinalists who didn't advance. And before we talk about the Hawks, I just want to talk about the Clippers. And just want to, you know, get your thoughts on their series or their season as a whole. I know that there was a key injury that sort of determined their future, but um, they're at a crossroads as an organization. They've mortgaged so much in order to have this. Uh, roster composition that they have and yeah it's interesting times because you know this year looked like the year for that team and they came up short so yeah how would you how would you grade their season how would you grade their postseason and what do you think what do you think is next for that team
1: so for for the Clippers um overall I, I think they had honestly a very successful season um with, you know, with Kawhi being hurt, um, in the playoffs, uh, basically taking them out of real, really, really contending, um, in the series against, uh, the Suns. you know, they, they pulled off, um, a miracle against Utah, who I, I could, who I could have seen make, make it to the finals as well. Uh, but the Clippers, you know, they played, they played it safe in the regular season, um, you know, got a top four seed. Um, they were able to, you know, win early on. They were able to beat a pretty good Dallas team um, with Kawhi playing well. Um, you know, unfortunate for him that what, what what was his injury? Like a knee injury, or um, I forgot what, what ex- exactly what it was. But you know, once he was out of the picture, you know, legit guys kept, like stepped up. We got we saw Reggie Jackson have a resurgence of a career. Um, in the last two rounds here, you know, he's going to get I think he's a free agent, so he should be, you know, um, finding the, you know, the highest bidder uh, to to sign a huge contract. And I think Paul George definitely uh, was able to redeem himself from from last year's uh, debacle against the Nuggets. Um He he played, you know, very, very well, so, you know, some nights he didn't play uh, or he didn't shoot too well, but he was definitely the leader of that team, you know, he he had huge rebounding games um throughout the the series against the suns and he had huge justice scenes too so um you know he, he didn't miss some free throws late in uh some of those games but um he was definitely the leader there and i i really like you know they, they played really well for um the lack of depth that they have especially since you know they traded everything away to get uh paul george and, and uh signing Kawhi leonard uh but you know the first time in team history to make it to the Western conference finals. Um, and, you know, they played a really strong Suns team. So, you know, I, I think they had a, you know, a strong season, uh, if you want to, you know, rate it on a scale of a zero, like one to 10, I would honestly say it's, um, an eight an eight because you know, 10 is a championship and if Kawhi was able to stay healthy, um, they, I think they would have won. I think they would have won just because they would have had two of the best, you know, three guys in any series. And we know what Kawhi is capable of um, in any situation, in any round. And if they had him, I think they would have won. Uh, but, you know, without him, second best team in the West, I think you take that any any day of the week um, when you're missing a top three player in the NBA. Yeah,
0: I mean, all, all your points are valid. Um, I think my concern, and again, like you and I, we missed the entire semifinal or, yeah, no, the semifinals. We missed... The entire semifinals, Um, you know, just because of, you know, you were busy, I was busy. But, you know, there's two teams that we deserve to just berate that we're not going to for the sake of keeping this podcast a little shorter. But at some point, we're going to have to talk about Philly and Utah and how they blew it. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would say about those two teams is because of their youth, they still have windows of opportunity. You know, I think that Philly's real window of opportunity was 2019 when the Raptors won because they had Jimmy Butler on their team. That roster, in my opinion, was Philly's best roster in the last five years. Um, With Utah, I think that they're just still really, really young and that they're going to be able to continue to sort of, as long as they can keep Donovan Mitchell, which I think that they're going to be able to do, um, they're going to be able to stay good and relevant for a long time. My concern with Philly is that I think that Kawhi's injuries are starting to become a a real thing. And in 2019, he definitely wasn't 100% healthy when he sort of spearheaded the Raptors to a championship. You know, like Clippers are an older roster, right? And Reggie Jackson's going to want to get paid. The rest of the West is going to get better. Portland's going to have to get better in order to keep Dame happy. The Lakers are going to do what the Lakers always do. They're going to get better. Um, You know, Denver's going to have Jamal Murray back. So I wouldn't say that Clippers blew their window because you can't predict injuries, right? And I want to talk about injuries later with you before we talk about the finals because they're a part of sports. But at the same time, you know, you can miss your window of opportunity because of injuries. And I unfortunately think, like, if I was a betting man, I'd I just would bet that I just don't see the Clippers getting back to that finals um, bracket, you know, going forward.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's definitely tough, and we we we, we we'd be remiss to uh, not mention that they didn't have Ibaka as well. And you know, they Ibaka was a key piece for the Raptors, especially in the last two two postseasons. He was. Definitely the best front court player for for them in um, in the last two postseasons with the Raptors, and um, missing him was huge. Because then that that just means more minutes for, um, oh sorry, what's the Clipper center's name again? Zubats, um, and yeah, it, it's just tough, man. It's tough, and the Clippers definitely had last season as a huge opportunity to to beat the Nuggets, especially up three one. choked that away that would have been an amazing series
0: against the Lakers yeah see that was like that was a legit choke
1: yeah that's a legit choke and this year yeah it's like you have to capitalize on that even when you think about like the Raptors and how everything came together a team that you know kind of just battled it away for like six seven seasons always getting knocked out and always kind of um yeah just fit Coming across LeBron, and they were able to never able to get over that hurdle, and they just got really, really lucky. The situation just happened, you know. The timing was perfect. They were able to get Kawhi, and they won one championship. And he left, right? So the, some of these teams, like especially the Clippers, they never made it to the conference finals in like fifty-five years or something like that. So um, they definitely know what, like, what when those opportunities come, and they, they've, you know, haven't been able to capture that. Uh, unfortunately for them. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what Kawhi, he's a free agent this, this offseason. season. Um, you know, all signs still point to him re-signing with the Clippers. Um, I think it would be a like shocking um, uh, result to see him with another team next year. But yeah, we, you know, this is kind of a cautionary tale of when you put all your eggs in one basket and you have one or two guys that you depend on so heavily and they get hurt you know that's like what the, ha- happened to the lakers they lost to the suns in the first round in six games because you know their team is just so loaded with you know um with ad and lebron that once ad came, uh went out that you know deandre Aiden was able to really um capitalize on that so um it's more of a you know um definitely just a i don't know cautionary tale to some of these teams that are stacking up on know two three stars kind of like the nets too um and not being able to stay healthy um you know losing a lot of your uh roster depth and in the playoffs we've seen how important it is for the fourth fifth guy to really come up uh big um especially even bench guys being able to come out big like a Trey man or you know any any of those other guys and Um it's it's yeah, I don't know, it's tough. It's a tough, it's a weird season, man. Such a weird season. I know it was shorned and they had to play, you know, on less less uh hours, but it's it's been such a weird season in terms of all the injuries that um have accumulated throughout the year.
0: Yeah, I think again, I think my my big concern though is you know, quite such a calculated guy, and it says it speaks volumes for the fact that you know when the Clippers were rolling, they were rocking in the regular season. Um, their playoff outcome or the playoff sort of prediction, like it looked good. Everything was, you know, sort of pointing towards them going to the finals. And the fact that he didn't opt in just says so much. And the fact that he's left himself with all this flexibility at the end of the season, it says a lot, because one thing we know for sure is that guy will do anything. And (laughs) he won a championship. There was 2 million people following him on a bus and that wasn't enough for him to stay in Toronto. So, you know, if you look at your roster on paper, you just see guys are getting old. You've mortgaged your future in terms of picks. Um, You know, that window might be gone and he's just in a position right now to put himself in a much better position. I don't think that guy is, you know, naive to, to winning championships. Right. So I think that at the end of the day, regardless of how much, how bad he wants to go home now that he's been home and he's sort of missed two very good opportunities. He might he might just be in a position to leave now.
1: Yeah, that that's that's the Clippers' worst nightmare right now, and I I hope that doesn't happen because um, you know I would like to you know see what they're able to do um, with a healthy Kawhi and PG and whatever pieces they can put around him and um, even a healthy like a Baca, but you know that's definitely a, a realistic um, outcome for the Clippers, and it could leave them in. Honestly, probably the, the worst situation for the next five, six years, kind of like what happened with um, the Nets uh, trading away all their picks for uh, the Boston duo of Paul Pierce and KG uh, probably like 10 years ago. So, um, you know, I, I, I hope at least he, he signs with them and they can run it back again. Because honestly, I like that team. I like what Ty- Tyron Liu was able to do with that team. And, you know, Bomber is always a character to watch. So, um, yeah. Uh, I, I like where he's at and
0: I hope he stays. Yeah, I, I really don't hope he's, I really don't hope that he stays. <laughs> I hope that he, I just, I, it doesn't have to be any team specifically, but I would just love to see him sort of reignite another franchise, you know, yeah, um, sure, sure. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, let's, let's move away from the Clippers. Let's jump into the Hawks. And I don't really want to say much about that team other, I mean, personally, other than, uh, what a season, you know, they were just playing with house money. And Mm -hmm. I think that they really um, established themselves as a team. And Trey Young has sort of, he's made a massive leap from ball dominant guard to, like you like to say, like a Steve Nash playmaker, um, a guy who can really do it all. And I think that he's sort of, you know, starting to advertise himself as a a guy that other players are going to want to start playing with. You know, if he keeps playing like this, the way that he did in the playoffs, I think that he won a lot of guys over. And um, just that role that he assumed as villain, you know the amount of the balls that it takes to play the way that he did during the playoffs. It's it's very admirable because we've seen guys like Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, um, year after year after year when they were young, they had a really hard time uh, gripping the moment. And to see Trey Young, as young as he is, going to Madison Square Garden and be the villain and take over, you know, we saw it on the flip side with LeBron year after year after year, and Mm -hmm. it takes a very special type of player to play on that stage. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's looking good for Hawks fans. Oh man,
1: what a, what a turnaround, especially uh, firing their coach, um, you know, quarterway through the season, um, hiring Nate McMillan as their interim. I think they just signed him to a four-year contract yesterday. Yeah, uh, so good for him. Awesome that they're going to have that stability. Um, you know, they still have um, Bogdanovich. They have uh, Gallinari signed for the next four, uh, three years. Um, you know, they still have young players in and Herder uh, and whatever. The, I, I don't even know how to pronounce the, uh, the center's name, the, the fifth pick from last year. Um, they got Capella. They got uh, DeAndre Hunter, who has hurt this series, too. I think he would have definitely made uh, and an impact against, especially against, uh, Chris Middleton, um, in the conference finals. Uh, so they're good, man. They're really good. This is like, the best thing that could ever happen for this team, especially Trey young. When you, when you look back at, you know, the, the image and, you know, what people, uh, thought of him, you know, you know, stat stuffer, empty, empty stats guy playing on a shitty team. Wasn't, you know, we're hearing rumblings about like John Collins, not, you know, enjoying playing with them. Um, Sorry, yeah, another player, John, John Collins, to to add into that to, that list of talent they have. So I think it's just you know um, what a what a one eighty for, for Trey and that team, and now you know he's going to be yeah, like you said, he's going to be able to attract more free agents. You know, I'm sure Lance is a hot bet for for some of these players to uh, to recruit. And Atlanta's you know. the Houston of the East. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think Trey just showed that he is a playoff type guy where you need someone who can spread the floor, um, someone who can facilitate. You know, that, that pick and roll with Capella was so dangerous because he made the right moves, right reads every time. And, you know, there's always that, you know, black, black shadow over his head because, you know, he was traded for Luca. Um, Luca just having probably the best two, three years as you know um you know a third year player that you could really have you know not only in the NBA but now in FIBA and you know Trey Young was always kind of um as oh man like what that's probably one of the worst trades you could have done but now when you think you know that the Hawks got Trey Young uh they got Cam Reddish who played really well in the last few games he was hurt you know for for all the playoffs until the series with the Bucks and he played well so again, just another young player, another asset that they got. So if they're able to keep some of those guys, you know, it's going to be tough to keep that core intact, but if they're able to keep Trey Young, John Collins, Capella, uh, Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich was huge for them. I know he, he was hurt too. And it was it was kind of unfortunate to see Trey Young, uh, get hurt by, by, by that ref. Cause you know, I think if you stayed healthy and Giannis, um, was that the last two games. I think they could have definitely uh, made made that series much more competitive. But um, yeah, I, I like what I see from the Hawks. Another young team that's going to be up and coming in the East. Though so that's just more competition for for our Raptors. But um, I like it, man. A team that you know they have you know recent struggles, but they've also had you know strong teams with Al Horford, Joe Johnson, those type of teams, right? So it's not like they haven't sniffed the conference finals in the last. 20, 30 years, you know, they've been there recently. So, um, but I I like Trey Young, you know, he's an Adidas guy. So got to, got to represent there, but um, yeah, they have a bright bright future. And I think they're going to be a team to really contend for um, for the few spots in the, in the playoffs in the next few years.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we do this podcast, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, whatever you call it. And so much changes in the NBA. Like think about this season when it started, and now where we're at now, and we say so much, and we give so many takes and opinions, and I think one thing I, you got to acknowledge is, I, there's def, I'm definitely caught on wax, probably chirping him earlier in the year, but he's grown on me so much, and I think the same thing with, like, Devin Booker, you know, who I've, I've probably called a black hole time and time again, but, you know, these guys have honestly made such a such a positive name for themselves in the playoffs, they've taken that leap, similar to, like, Trey Young and Booker are kind of like the Donovan Mitchell of Jamal and Jamal Murray of last playoffs. You know the two players that have just made massive leaps um, as players. You know for their brand, um, they've just balled out. And you know one thing we learned about Jamal and Donovan is is probably it's. I feel as though it's legit. You know I think these guys have are starting to grow into themselves, and yeah, it's pretty cool to see,
1: especially with the confidence. You know when you, when you're on a team that's. You know, especially the Suns, they had two seasons season ago, they were the worst team in the NBA. Um, last season, they, they barely missed the the playoffs. And it's just, you know, every year you should be getting better. I know we, we, we I want to use the Raptors' again just because we saw how, you know, atrocious that team was before they uh, acquired Lowry. And then, you know, for five, six years, it was always... An improvement in one area or another, you know, Dwayne Casey got a little better, you know, the coaching staff just learned through the mistakes, the players grew together, they kind of just, you know, went through um, basically everything that could have happened to them in terms of, you know, the ups and downs, losing in the first round to the Wizards, and then, you know, losing the Clipper or to the Cavs. Um, you know, in blow-off fashion in the conference finals and then just getting lucky. It's just positioning yourself with enough experience, with enough talent, and then bringing that all together, which which we saw. So um, that's like what's going on with the Suns. Basically right now, they were able to see an opportunity to, you know, grab one of the best point guards in the league. They tra- they didn't trade much for him. What, what did they trade? A few draft picks in Kelly Oubre. Um, and, you know, they have basically a top, top 10 player, top two, three point guard in the league, um, manning that team. And he has elevated them to another level that no one has expected. No one, I, honestly, I have no idea who would have picked the Suns to, even with a second seed uh, regular season in the West um, to make it into the finals. And they're favorites to win the, the series, even if Giannis plays. So that's how, you know, well that they've been playing. Marty Williams, you know, give it up to, him there but um yeah man the suns are scary and i'm so forward looking to
0: to uh the series yeah i mean like perfect segue to jump into the series um I think before we do when you know one thing you got to highlight and we don't have to go too deep into it is you know just injuries now they're a part of sports and you know you cannot say that you know one team deserves to be here more than the other because of injuries or the easier road taken like these injuries happen in game that sports anyone that's played sports knows that injuries are um, prevalent. They're they're random, and uh, these two teams are the last two teams standing. And the fact that other teams were injured, the fact that some of their players are currently injured, does not discredit a single thing. In my personal opinion, um, I feel as though you know these are the two teams that deserve to be here. So I just wanted to say that before we start to uh, to unpack this matchup.
1: Yeah, well, even when you look at the, the other teams, like Utah, they, they they were fairly healthy. 76ers were fairly healthy. Like, what what what, what excuses are they going to make? So, honestly, injuries are a part of the game. They happen every year. They happen, you know, in the regular season, in the playoffs, in the middle of C- series. So, it, it happens. And, you know, these two teams, they're, they're, they were able to stay relatively healthy, healthy. Hopefully, Giannis is able to play tonight And play for the rest of the series because I would love to see an even match series. I don't want any team to, um, you know, have have an advantage over the other just because of injuries. But you know, again, the name of the game. So um, I hope he's able to stay healthy. But um, yeah, man, this is a very very exciting series to
0: to watch. And yeah, I mean, like I want to get your opinion on just like what you're looking, what you're excited to see um, based on this matchup. Because one thing I wanted to note was just how close regular season offensive net rating 116.5 116.3 Milwaukee was 116.5 Phoenix was 116.3 defensive rating 110 and Phoenix is 110 per 100 wow. possessions wow so this is a brutally close matchup on play, on paper and we're going to assume that we're going to assume that Giannis is going to play and I I think we should assume that Giannis is going to play in our com- conversation because he's been bumped up to questionable yeah betters would think it's photoshopped (laughs) but uh but yeah man what are you looking forward to seeing um in this playoff series uh before i
1: um get there um the two games that they played in the regular season each game was decided by one point so that again that just adds on to how close these teams are in terms of um kind of style and even just um, offensive, defensive uh, schematics, but yeah, th- there's a lot to unravel here. Um, the, the one thing I would say, or the two, the, t- the two things I want to mention is the Suns are very a very good mid range team, and I think the, the demise of the the, the mid range game has been, you know, um, kind of over exaggerated. I think it's it's been so important for for teams to exploit that mid range. Uh, because teams like the Bucks, who do a lot of drop coverages with like Lopez in the middle, where they don't play up top or they don't uh, hedge the, the screens, because they they want teams to shoot that mid range. And the Suns are the fourth best team in the NBA at shooting the mid range, and the Bucks are the fourth worst team at defending it. So that's something that you should watch that pick and roll between uh, Paul or Chris Paul or Devin Booker with DeAndre uh, Ain. Uh, as a pick and roll man, um, we should be watching for a lot of that. We should see, you know, Devin Booker and Chris Paul have a lot of opportunities just shoot, shooting in the mid range. And I think the series will depend on a lot of that. How many of those jumpers they can make. Chris Paul has, you know, made a living off that, um, that mid range shot. And the other thing is the Bucks are one of the best teams of, or, uh, teams that take advantage of the fast break. And the Suns are one of the best teams at stopping it as well. So I I think just from from those two side of things, um, you know, that's why I would give the the advantage to the Suns. Uh, But the matchup I'm looking most forward to is definitely Chris Paul versus Drew Holiday. I think, you know, Drew's always kind of been um, undervalued, underappreciated as as kind of, you know, the the top perimeter defender of the league a guy that, you know, has always been able to make his team better, even with the lack of playoff success that he's, that he's had. And then again, Chris Paul, a guy that has been in the league for, what, 16 years now, first finals, um, a lot of team, a lot of people in the league kind of wrote him off after he was traded to OKC. And, you know, what, what, a, what a story that he's been able to put together for this season. And, you know, a guy that at 41 points against the at, against one of the best defensive teams in the LA Clippers in a you know series closer, and I'm just looking forward to see how he's playing against, especially see how 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 much involvement he's going to be able to um, get DeAndre Ayton uh, in the game, a guy that shooting 70% um, in 16 games. So this guy's shooting 70%. Um, from the field. They're just crazy. So it's, it's going to be a matchup there too. So be def- yeah, just interesting to see the point guards. You know, obviously Giannis uh, is going to be a big factor. Devin Booker, DeAndre um, uh, Chris Middleton. But I like that point guard matchup.
0: For sure. I think um, like the basketball romantic in me is like all over that Chris Paul narrative because, you know, he's, it's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde, uh, career, you know, in high school, Grandpa dies at sixty three. Drops sixty three points. Like he's definitely got like a legend behind him. He's the point god. Um, you know, no one says a bad thing about Chris Paul. You know, no one ever says a bad thing about Chris Paul. The media loves him. Um, now he's reunited with Monty Williams, who coached him when he was a rookie. Um, you know, he spent several years with the Clippers. You know, they choked at times. He got injured at times. He dropped 41 against them in a closeout game. So the narrative is sort of building there, you know, and now he's at the finals with, with Monty Williams. And he's got a chance to uh, a chance to solidify his legacy. You know, I thought him in OKC was sort of him riding into the sunset. Like he just did such a good job with that organization. I thought like that was going to be it for him. And the fact that he's here now in the finals and he's got a chance to get a ring, you know, that would solidify his legacy. I would love to see it because I think guys like Giannis will be here again. Um, but the matchup I'm actually looking forward to is actually Booker and um, and um PJ Tucker, only because, again, overlap between these rosters. PJ Tucker was, I was listening to this on another podcast, PJ Tucker was actually Booker's rookie. Or Booker was wow. PJ Tucker's rookie gotcha. back in Phoenix. And uh, I just, it's so funny to see PJ Tucker has to guard LeBron James. He has to guard Giannis, or sorry, KD. He has to guard Harden at times, and now he's got to guard Devin Booker. And just like the flexibility of this guy on defense, uh, going to be interesting to see if he can uh, if he can put a sort of put a cork in Booker because I think that Holiday is going to be a problem for Chris Paul. I really do. I think that um, he's just so athletic. He's so big. He's so lengthy. Um, He can really, you know, he can be, he can sort of like clog those pick and rolls, do do a good job of just sort of like slowing it down uh, and recovering. So I just, I just think that a lot's going to rely on Booker and it'll be interesting to see if, um, if, uh, you know, PJ Tucker gets under his skin. Who do you think uh, guards
1: Giannis? Is it like a Jake Crowder slash Mikael Bridges?
0: Flash DeAndre
1: ain type of well, like I, think, scenario. I think
0: you do I think you do a little bit of everything right like I think it's it's the wall right like they're just gonna sort of slow down his transition but I think I think it's gonna be Ayton. then who's guarding Brook they're, they're starting together right or they they they, they
1: usually do so that's my question like because Giannis, are they gonna leave Mikel bridges on an island now and you know because of all the shooters that uh the bucks have even though they're been shooting very poorly as a team through these through these playoffs um but you know they're they're usually pretty good you know league average so um yeah that's definitely an interesting match matchup to watch and Mikel Bridges has definitely played very well um through these playoffs so I, I'm wondering if because I'm Tagnar- thinking guard
0: powder on Middleton
1: yeah no that's it's it's kind of a like the Suns play a very good team defense, but when you, when you try to match them up against other teams, it doesn't look that great on paper, but they do play very well defensively as a team. They, they, they have the rotations. Um, you know, I think Monty Williams has been putting these guys in the best position for them to play defensively and they, they don't, yeah, they don't, don't, they don't jump for ball fakes. They don't jump for pump fakes. They don't, you know, go for that steal. Um, they're, they're very sound defensively. So it's it's gonna be interesting to watch. Um that's the one thing I'm gonna be watching. I wanna see the matchups and uh, you know what Bud is gonna do in terms of who's guarding Booker. Or is he gonna keep keep PJ Tucker in there who's not playing well offensively? So, you know, you get you get a little bit of, you know, you get a little bit of defense, but you're kind of losing out on. Um, on offense, there and some shooting. So, do you want to, you know, keep Bobby Portis? You want to keep Bryn Forbes in there and take PJ Tucker out? So, there's a lot of variables, and obviously, obviously the coaches are doing their due diligence. But I'm I'm definitely interested in watching who's who's matched up against who and you know how they contain some of these um, offensive schemes from both teams.
0: Yeah, so just got a report. Giannis is in the lineup for game one of the finals. Nice. Um, he's going to start. Wow. Yeah. Well, that'll be awesome. interesting. Now, the other thing, the other thing I want to see is just fatigue, right? Um, you got to remember that the Suns have had some time off to let this thing in. Sometimes that can hurt a team, you know, you lose some of that momentum. I just think, I think the Suns are a bit too savvy to to have that problem, but, you know, fatigue for the Bucs for sure. You know, I could see that definitely playing a role. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely going to be super interesting to see how this one, how this one plays out. Uh,
1: so quick question for you. So let's say Giannis is at 80%, does he, is he still able to, does it make sense for him to play like a lot of minutes in tonight's game, especially like, you know, with, with Giannis, like a lot of his buckets and it's a lot of his, his game is about effort and just caring and just being able to, you know, sky over a bunch of guys, you know, out hustle some of those guys, especially with his length and his, um his freakish athleticism. So, you know, now that he's 10, 20%, um, you know, n- not fully there. Like, what, what do you think? Um, if, how does that impact um, this, this first game and maybe the rest of the series?
0: No, I think that impacts them huge. I, I don't necessarily think that this is a good thing. I don't think it bodes well for the Bucs in particular. Um, I think it just sort of, you know, Trey Young coming back from injury, he's a threat from the outside. You know, and the fact that he could be out there, he's a decoy. James Harden, even though he was limping around at 45%, whatever he might've been, he's a decoy. You can't, he's he's <laughs> the reigning scoring champ for, I don't know how many years, right? So, you know, just him being out there is scary. And, and teams have to look at that. They have to respect that. With Giannis, it's not that at all. Like you said, so much of what he does is off efforts. Or sorry, yeah. off effort. And... You know, we've we've seen him from the playoffs or sorry, from the free throw line, all playoffs. It's it's going to be interesting to see if him being here um, helps or hurts.
1: Yeah, which is weird to say about a two time MVP. It's just the style of play. It's not a knock on him. It's just that, you know, the style and kind of. what. also the other thing is Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday played so well in the last two games that he was hurt. They were looking for their shot. They were super aggressive. It was honestly the best two games I've ever seen Drew Holiday play. Watch him. I've you know, I've watched him um, with New Orleans with 76ers. Um, and he just played, he balled out against against the Hawks in the last two games, shutting down Trey Young in game six, and then you know, having you know big assist numbers. You know, he's he's been Average, or not averaging, but, you know, the last four games of the Hawks series, 12, 9, 13, 9 assists. So it's just playing very aggressively. You know, he's, he's more of like a c- complete player who doesn't have, you know, a super skill set or a super skill. But, you know, he's just played an, a, a very, you know, offent- aggressive offensive game uh, in the last two games. So I, I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to kind of be uh, tempered a little bit with Giannis getting more touches, and now being in a lineup, uh, probably not at a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, 80%, 80% Giannis trying to run full steam in the paint and Euro step is not a pretty sight. Oh yeah. I'm uh, scared. 80, 80% Giannis catching the ball at the three point line and taking a jumper. Not a pretty sight. Yeah. 80, but 80% Giannis at the free throw line. Who's already <laughs> shooting air balls at a hundred percent. Not a pretty sight.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, we'll, we'll see I hope I hope he changes I, I hope he you know just you know kills it and is able to play play well out there but well um, for a guy
0: as, Jan- as raw? Giannis is forever raw you know like it, it's just the narrative and I I don't think he's just got this alter style of game in his bag that uh-huh. he's just gonna that he's just gonna pull out I don't think Giannis has much of a bag <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah. I don't know Interesting for sure. And what tip-offs and tip-offs in three minutes.
1: Yeah. So who do you have in, in, in how many games? I got sons and six. Suns in six. That's with a fo- fully healthy Giannis in the equation.
0: Yeah. I got sons and six. Another thing I want to just bring up before you give your take here. Um, and I just thought about this again, as a Raptor fan, just the amount of pressure on the Bucks right now, if Giannis, if Giannis plays and gets hurt even more, like that's, that's literally Kevin Durant 2.0 in golden state. Like mm-hmm. there is so much pressure on that organization right now for that guy to be out on the floor. Um, I just have my fingers crossed. I hope that he's okay.
1: Yeah. Well, man, it's just like the, when you think about what happened with that team in the last, you know, two, three years, you know, an up and coming team, they lose, to the Raptors up to nothing in the Eastern Conference Finals. They got blown out by the heat last year with a healthy or without a healthy Giannis. And, you know, not saying that they got lucky, but, you know, they, they played, they, they were given the opportunity, uh, Harden and Carvey got hurt. So, you know, they went down to the OT in game seven and, you know, they they saw Trey get hurt by the ref too. So, um yeah, man, they, this is their opportunity. This is their opportunity. I, I like the Bucks here, um, even with the honest hurt. I just think that, yeah, I just I just think that they it's, just, it's their year, man. And I, I hope they get it. I hope, I hope one of these teams get it. So my prediction is Bucks in seven. I know that they're underdogs, but, you know, I think Chris Middleton is really shown to have played at a ne- another level in this series or in, in, in these playoff rounds. And the only thing that I, I would kind of, um, that would stop me from thinking that they could win is their, their depth. You know, they, they lost uh, DiVincenzo um, early in the playoffs, who I think is kind of a huge loss for them, kind of an underrated loss. And, you know, Pat Conanton hasn't been playing too well. Bryn Forbes is, you know, hit or miss. And they're getting a lot of time from Bobby Portis. So, I just think their lack of depth isn't great but i think their solid three four starters um will lead them to a championship
0: hey fair enough yeah fair enough fair enough so we i mean this is probably one of the one of the only times you've disagreed on a matchup i feel like it's always been a love fest every time we talk about uh talk about these teams so It's nice to know that you're, that you're rooting for Milwaukee. I personally am not, I'd love to see turmoil in that organization, not injuries. injuries. I don't want to see any injuries, but as a Raptor fan, you know, if we're going to get relevant we're not going to talk, I mean, we can talk about the draft pick a little bit if you want, but um, if we're about to be relevant again, and if we're about to uh, start making ourselves or getting, getting ourselves back in that playoff picture, um, you know, it's great if if Milwaukee's not uh, not in contention. No, I,
1: I I agree with you from from that perspective. But uh, I, I like I like Giannis as a player. I like Chris Middleton. I like Drew Holiday. They're all very likable. They're all guys that you know have kind of had that journey. Uh, they they've never given anything, and you know I think it's it'd be very cool to see those three guys uh, bring home the the championship for to to a team that you know has definitely struggled um, in recent memory.
0: Yeah, right on. Well. You know, next time we connect, we'll probably we'll we'll probably be um, a little bit of a finals update. Maybe you know, two games in, and then we'll definitely do our our draft podcast uh, because the Raptors are back in it. Just real quick, after such a tumultuous one and a half seasons for that franchise, gotta love where they are in the lottery.
1: Yes, yes, the lottery, man. I've been reading up on way too many big boards the last two two weeks since they. Um, won the, the fourth overall pick in a four-player draft. So it's going to look like they're going to either get a one of the Jalens, Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs, um, and I'll take either one. I'll take either one, especially with Lowry's future up in the air. Um, yeah, with, with the season that they had, they they definitely deserved um, one of these picks. So I'm happy that they got it, you know, when when they televised the, the lottery and Looked like the Raptors made it into the top four, man, I w- I was so happy to see it. And I was really hoping that we'd get number one, just so, you know, we, we kind of have that accelerated retool that rebuild, uh, but getting one of the Jalen's will be huge for us, um, just to get another young, um, prospect, uh, on a team that has been known for, you know, player development, uh, taking guys. You know, undrafted, late second-round picks, late first-round picks, and you know, turning them to all-stars, borderline all-stars, and um, I think one of those jailing kids are going to be amazing for us. They fill a need uh, for for our team, and um, I'm excited for next year now for, for sure sure. Um, and you know, there's rumors about Siakam being traded for Wiseman plus the seven plus whatever plus Wiggins. You know, I'm I'm not really a fan of that trade, but if they're able to, you know, get a bigger haul or make different moves, I'm all for it. I trust, you know, Webster. I trust Masai and um, I trust whatever move that they make. Uh, but getting the number four pick is definitely a huge um, acceleration in the in the rebuilding process here.
0: No, absolutely. Um, I double back everything you said. And yeah, man, I, when I saw that, because I was, you know, expecting like seven, eight or nine. And then when I was looking at the board on the score app, shout out to score. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not shout out to the score. Not, I was not like, to, not like, Oh shit, where are the Raptors? And I'm like, there was four teams left and it was Cleveland, Houston, Detroit and Toronto. And yeah, I was like, Holy shit. I, I stopped packing doing what I was doing. I flipped my phone onto this, to the TSN app and I just started watching. Um, and then, yeah, Raptors are the next ones that got called up. I think it's just, I can go to bed at night knowing that, you know, our front office can draft undrafted and get franchise caliber players. So just thinking what they're able to do with the fourth pick uh, definitely gets me excited. And just the fact that, you know, they're not hell bent on particularly drafting and they're leaving all their options on the table. You know, we just got ninjas up there. So I love it. Yeah, no, exciting, exciting, especially for, uh, the the year that we had to go through with,
1: with Aaron Baines. And let's, let's never talk about Aaron Baines on this, on this podcast again, but that, that was a reward for watching Aaron Baines for a full season.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, it was good talking to you. The The finals are five minutes in. They always do like a start time of nine. I guarantee it starts at nine 30. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was good talking to you. Let's connect uh, later on this week or early next after a couple games have, have, uh, finished up
1: yeah let's let's reconnect once they get back to milwaukee hopefully you know hopefully it's a nice exciting two games in uh in phoenix and uh yeah well let's uh let's just try to keep um keep at it um a few more times before the season ends
0: absolutely well you have a good night good talking yeah, to man.
1: You. yeah man yeah get home enjoy enjoy the rest of your night and
0: uh let's go bucks absolutely <laughs> <laughs> tons in <and> four <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right, bro. Take care. Bye. See you.